Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Big Chief with a badge, a cattle prod and a head on a stick. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. They are supposed to be man's best friend, although that may now be a misogynist hate crime. But dogs are very much the backbone of Britain. Even the bulldog in a union jack is a symbol of great times past. Now, a committee of MPs want people that own dogs to go on a dog awareness course if their pet causes anyone a minor injury. Well, guess what? If you've got a dog, you've already got a dog awareness course. It's called having a dog. It's the nanny state all over again and yet another opportunity to punish people who haven't done anything wrong. What MPs should really tackle is the useless dangerous dogs act dog attacks have almost doubled to around 8,000 a year since 2005 and something has got to be done to punish bad dog owners not good ones 0344 499 1000 Dawn Neeson is here and we'll be finding out why breast enhancement adverts have been banned on television and we'll be going down under to talk to a round the world cyclist who's had his bike nicked as if that's not enough we'll explore why on earth hate preacher Anjum Chowdhury can't be kept in jail instead of released back onto the streets of this country 0344 499 1000 you're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Don Neeson on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, we're going to kick things off, though, talking about dogs this morning, because there's a new uh, idea that's coming from a committee of MPs who say uh, that because dog attacks and dog biting has gone up so much since 2005, up to 8,000 a year, apparently, uh, as far as incidents are concerned, they want there to be a sort of dog awareness course, a bit like a speed awareness mm. course. You get caught speeding, yeah. uh, you have to go and find out why speeding is bad. If, in fact, uh, you have a dog and your dog injures somebody in some way, uh, you go on a dog awareness course. Now, the problem for me with this, right, is that, of course, all dog owners should be responsible. Yes, they should. Of course, you should have your dog on a lead where it should be on a lead. Exactly. And, of course, your dog should not bite people. My worry is, is that people will because people tend to do this sort of thing, will exaggerate something that's happened. Sometimes you will end up getting sort of visited by the police who say that you must go on a dog awareness course. I don't know how they're going to make this work. What I'd rather see is people who have who have who are bad dog owners properly being punished and the Dangerous Dogs Act properly being used, you know, to, to stop dangerous dogs from being allowed to, to wander the streets. I agree with you, Mike. Do Full you? stop. No, actually, I don't agree with you totally okay. because I think people before they get a dog should be taken on a dog awareness okay. course because there are some really really thick people out there, there with are. dogs. But the trouble with thick people and it's is not fair on the they're going to be thick no matter what. So, I yeah, mean, I know, but at least you, you can well help a little bit. Not so thick aware. No, but you can help a little bit and encourage them to look after their dogs properly because yes. there's nothing worse than a thick dog owner. I was down in Shepherd's Bush the other day, did a bit of filming, right? And we were standing on Shepherd's Bush Green and a couple of men came by and with them was this horrible looking pit bull dog. Mm-hmm. And it ran towards us in a way that I thought, this is not, this is not, not a good. waggly Not a waggly tailed no, dog. But no. he wasn't actually going for us, he was going for the tree behind me. Right. Um, and he literally wrapped 
wrapped his jaws around this this huge branch and started trying to pull it out of the ground. Well, that's how they train them. But it was really vicious, yeah, right? That's how they train fighting and it's dogs. Frightening. Now, if I was a child or I had children with me, yep. I would have said that was dangerous. Yeah. The dog was on, not on a lead either. Yeah. Let's talk to Ira Moss, the general manager of All Dogs Matter, uh, and see what she makes of it all. Ira, a very good morning to you. Morning to you both. Morning. Thank you very morning. much. Very much indeed. Morning. Sorry about the rather long and lingering introduction to this uh, this thing. <laughs> he does um, that. Well, it's I've quite got a, a passionate I, debate. Well, it is. I've got a lovely Labrador dog who wouldn't uh, say boo to a goose. In fact, he's about mm-hmm. as useful as a guard dog as you know a chocolate <laughs> fire guard. But, waggly. Um, he's very waggly and he's very nice and all of that. But Ira, do you, do you not agree with me that the Dangerous Dogs Act is a waste of time? Um, I wouldn't say I don't agree with you. I do agree with what Dawn um, just said, that there are lots of... I'm not going to call them thick, because I'll probably get... God knows what, you know, if, if I... Oh, don't worry about it, Ira. I've already done well, that. if they are thick, you can, <laughs> right, you can get defensive so truth, it's fine. I think yeah, thick yeah, is a hate maybe, crime. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably not so intelligent people. Now, from a dog rescue point of view, we're an under-based charity, and I'm sure I'm speaking on most charities' points of view, of calls that we get every day, um, from people that have got a collie online, they live in a flat, they want to take it for a 20-minute walk or a husky, and surprise, surprise, the dog starts going mad, might bite them, um, chews all the furniture, barks. They then get complaints from their neighbours or from the council about their dog. So those people, yes, should certainly go on a Most people, I believe that people should go on a course before they own a dog. Before you drive a car, it's a dangerous thing to do. You take, you have to take a, a, a test and you don't, you're, you should, in theory, um, be able to drive a car unless you pass that test. And the same applies for a dog. Um, a dog is a living being. Any dog can become dangerous. Um, the dog you talked about, the useful in Shepherd's Bush, was probably a staffy. So the problem is a lot of people are demonising dogs by, by labelling them with pit bull. Now, pit bulls are banned. People get confused with a Staffordshire Bull Terrier that's yeah. not banned. Yeah, but the problem is, though, Ira, because I've talked about this many times in the past, and what you find is that only one particular type of pit bull is banned, and lots of other types of pit bull are not banned because, you know, well, dogs, dogs, yeah, dogs they, are very, yeah, cross, very cross-bred, aren't they? Yeah, but what, what what's happened is over the years, they they, they brought in the dangerous dog, um, the status dog unit several years ago, and you won't see many old pit bulls walking around London. Unfortunately, pit bulls don't live an old, you know, a, a long age, and there aren't that many coming through and rescue anymore. If they do get handed in or picked up by a dog warden, which is quite effective, and they do get picked up, um, they are euthanised after seven days in a pound if they're deemed to be a pit bull. Right. Most staffies are fine. You know, staffies have become very popular over the years, and we're really pleased, and we've noticed a big increase on nice people you know you saw someone in shepherd's bush but if you think about it you don't really see those young boys walking around with staffies on harnesses anymore there's lots of nice whatever you perceive as nice uh shoreditch you know all, all the sort of beardy brigade and shoreditch have become really popular to adopt staffies i'd put some of them on a leash if it was up to me to be honest <laughs> but that's another story <laughs> But, but we have noticed an increase. However, what, what you guys probably aren't aware of is that um, lots of the charities have been fighting against um, is trying to stop the, the sale of dogs or the, the, the giveaway of dogs on um, sites online, on free advertising sites. So any, as you say, not so intelligent person or ignorant person can just go online, see a dog advertiser, Staffordshire or a pit bull for free given away for free, the dog gets picked up by that person, they've given no history whatsoever, they ring us up and they say, oh, it doesn't get on with my five-year-old or my three-year-old or my two-year-old, and they then abandon that dog. So that dog has ended up in a situation where it should have probably been possibly put to sleep or shouldn't be with young children, but people just get them online. That's what I mean. It's just so unfair on the dogs, and then they get dumped. It's unfair on the dogs, and a lot of... Yeah, it should get stopped. So my gripe is with 
these animals should be banned from being given away or sold online. You just Google. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to even. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say their name. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, go again. on. But just just Google Gumtree. Have a look on Gumtree and Free Love, and just see what is for sale on there. Yeah, you can how buy much anything. They're charging. Mm. God knows how much these people are earning out of these. I mean, there's there's, there's dogs on there for three thousand yeah, pounds. Right. They're just being sold. You know, in the back of their bedrooms. Mm. Um, and you, I mean, can they do that legally without any yeah. paperwork at all, or do they forge yeah, the paperwork? What do they no do? One, no one. No one's policing it. You know, we're we're getting calls. There's an increase in French in the Frenchies. You know how popular the French the little French bulldogs are, and we're seeing an increase of them coming in. Really sick. Um, they're microchipped. Um, and when we speak to the breeder, oh, I've given that one away. You know, I'm not paying for it. It's given away. Nothing to do with me. You know, and there's no there's no law on it. Now, I'd love to see a lot of the charities are doing work with schools. I'd love to see. I, I think it all education starts from young. And I think if you take dogs into schools from five years old um, and, and make them under, make kids understand and kids are so receptive to animals that age. If you take a dog in there, you know, with you and they can stroke that dog, they will then hopefully respect and understand that dog a bit more as they get older you can't just take a dog home a collie or we've had people ring up and say my great dane's grown too big i uh, want it. it's got to be gone today uh, i mean uh, ira, people what really you, are stupid ira what do you do when people phone you up and say right you know we brought this dog I, online I and deep, we can't do I anything take, with I take it a deep breath i take a deep breath <laughs> yeah <laughs> try and take a deep breath um well we, we we will try and add it to a waiting list and often we'll say yes we'll take the dog in and when we call them back say right you know because there's a wait most charities will have a waiting list when we say we can take the dog in oh i've given it away now now where has that dog gone mm. what so often by the time charities end up with these dogs they've gone through three you know three four or maybe five homes and that's why a lot of the times they end up so distressed and can bite yeah when they're, they're angry. cute the, the other the other danger is when they're cute and fluffy they can still be dangerous but they'll put them up they don't want to give them to charities because they want you know whoever's selling that what has that dog wants their money back on them they can earn money so they'd rather earn money you know back from get much some money back on that dog and they're, they're not really that bothered if it's going to bite someone else they don't really care no exactly and well, the problem as well for me ira on this dog awareness course idea is that you know what people mm. are like i mean anything it talks about incidents it doesn't talk about you know a fatal bite or a, uh, mm. or, or a dangerous bite or even a bite that breaks the skin you know it could be any, almost anything i mean you could have somebody who lives next door to you uh, who reports you for having uh, a nuisance dog uh, because it's you know, uh, you know I, because I've it's got messed a, your I've got a little staffy and you know when she was younger i used to, people would cross the other side of the road yeah. you know and it, it's quite offensive actually I, I see myself as if you want to call relatively middle class i don't walk around you know with a, she didn't have a big brace you know you know big harness on right. uh, she's always been really good with other dogs and people because i've i've she's a rescue obviously but i've socialized her and you will find that you know unfortunately when staffies do come into mm-hmm. rescues or you know they are they are tested they, they have got a tendency to sometimes not be good with other dogs mm. and most of those dogs probably are euthanized rescues will not pass them out and they certainly won't rehome them with children but there's no law on it you know that they can be given away online and and if people would just take that responsibility and stop buying possibly a collie if they then ring us up and say oh i'm disabled i can't i can't walk the collie yeah. it's just it's just ridiculous well, it is. Now, I mean, and also they did away with the dog license on the basis that nobody was paying attention to it and it was difficult to enforce well in that case well, you might you know, as well... they brought in microchipping and it's meant to be legal for your dog to be microchipped we still get so many dogs in that a microchip ring up the owner not interested gave it away online yeah, but that doesn't solve the, the problem I mean, what i was going to say not was basically you know you might as well say well uh, because people still murder each other we might as well do away with the laws about punishing murderers 
you know, well, I think, going those, that way, I think. Don't, don't, don't you think we should have brought to bring the dog license back? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Mm. You know, we, yeah, the thing is, dogs have become quite fashionable. It's, it's on trend. There's lots of great programs on TV about dog rescues and how wonderful it is to skip off into the sunset with your rescue dog. Um, charities are quite strict about who they give dogs to. And um, where it's become, where dogs have become fashionable has almost gone against them. I mean, if you go on our website, you'll see a really cute little cockapoo that we've got. Cockapoos have become really fashionable. They can also have um, aggression issues we picked this dog up because he was so cute had three homes in a week by the time we got him because he was aggressive but because he was cute he kept being resold Mm. online um, and could be just as dangerous and, and in fact more dangerous because when dogs are cute people will still want to go up to them and stroke them whereas if you see someone walking down the street with a big chunky staffy they're more likely to grab their kids and go the other side of the road so I don't think we can just demonise dogs um, and I, I, I you know I, most dogs generally dogs are you know like people I, I still believe that Dogs attacking humans is is relatively low than humans attacking humans at the moment. Yeah, eight thousand um, a year is quite a big dogs, number, though, isn't it? Is that this year? You that, well, that no. Apparently, it's gone up to several years. It's gone up to eight thousand a year. I'm told. Yes, yeah, it's, it's doubled since two thousand. Sure. But I don't know what they count as an attack. You see, I mean, that's my problem with is it. it. A, a, yeah, it yeah. Nip. You know, it doesn't even be. It might not yeah. even be a, a nip. It might yeah. be somebody feeling un- uncomfortable around a dog because it frightened it, it their child. It could be or a nip, you know. And if you have, you know, we 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 home a, a dog with with children under eight years old, and I think that is something. Again, like you have a not you know a nice Labrador, great, fine. You know, even Labrador can bite. Mm. But I think you know. Unfortunately, people just think it's easy. They'll get a dog. It will look, you know, it'll play with its children, and, and life's not always like that. But most dogs, you know, it, it's very, really, it's still relatively rare and quite, you know, low for dogs just to be out. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Of course, it does. Um, but dogs don't really want to go around attacking people. Most dogs like people. It's just that they end, they end up in the wrong situation. That's the way they've been treated. Well, because people have put them in that situation, sadly, and they're just sold people that sell them. There's so much money in dogs. It's worth you know selling dogs for lies worth millions of pounds. Um, and, and that's really what they're interested. In. They don't really you know these sellers that end. That dog ends up or who they sell it to, as long as there's there's money, you know. What about and then, these? And I believe uh, these... you, we get. What about these stories you keep reading, Ira? And I just want to talk to you quickly before your line breaks up. She's breaking up a bit. Um, what about all these stories we hear about how we're outlawing somehow the importation now of puppies and of puppy farms abroad and puppy farms here being cracked down on? Is that happening or is that not happening? Well, I think I think that we got some some sort of cockapoos, and I mean that the puppy farms don't breed the staffies because there's no money in them. Um, it's all the kind of cockapoos and the, and the Frenchies. Um, I mean that's probably one of the, the one of the only good things about Brexit. It will stop the import of dogs from Eastern Europe um, that come in and are worth so much money. Um, they they come in, they're very young when they arrive. They're probably four weeks. People buy them and they're told they're eight weeks. So as they get, grow older again, they may not be socialised and might be more likely to, to bite someone. Yeah. Um, and they have a lot of health issues um so that that is also a growing problem but you know unfortunately that the popularity of dogs is kind of almost going against them yes mm. exactly right mm. well listen uh, ira thank you very much indeed ira <laughs> yeah, Mosteril, thanks, manager Ira. of all dogs matter uh, just looking at those figures of eight thousand a year it's actually that, that's the figure for hospital admissions for dog attacks all oh, so right okay yeah. it is for something, so it is, so uh, something quite bad serious, that it has yeah. actually happened ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, let's talk to Craig in Oxford. Hello, Craig. Morning, Mike. Morning, Morning. Morning. Craig. What do you reckon, Craig? Well, I reckon that the dangerous dog fact is a waste of time. I don't think there's any such thing as a dangerous dog. There's mm. dangerous owners. Here, yeah. here. I would, I would say that there are certain breeds of dogs whose natural instinct is still slightly stronger and would make them bad family dogs. Yes. But, but it's all down to how a dog's raised. Mm. You can see pit bulls that are as soppy as you like, mm. and you can see these tiny little yappy rat, barking rat things, mm. needle-sharp teeth. Yeah. Um, that you know, go around biting people's feet and ankles. That you know, left, right, and centre. It's how a dog's raised. Well, the other um, one that's a well, problem for for many dog owners as well, Craig, is is dangerous dogs that don't attack humans but attack your dog. You know, you have to be so careful now when you take a dog out for a walk that it doesn't get mm-hmm, monstered by mm-hmm. some horrible little dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they even have these colour coded um, collars, harnesses, and leads now. That you can get to show whether or not your dog's approachable or oh, not. Oh, really? Again, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know that either. Yeah, Where'd you get those from? You can get some. Uh, I've, well, you can get them online and various places, but they sort of, you know, this could be um, this, this could be something like for the dating story we're doing later on. <laughs> so you can have a little you've got a red collar on. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come near me. I bite. Color coded scenario for uh, for men and women. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, but there shouldn't be a need for that if a dog's raised correctly. Yeah. Then it should be, and I, I mean. I hate to, to to point things, but there's two camps that this happens in. It's, it's ignorant camps, and unfortunately, it's it's in the lower income families where dogs are status symbols for teenage boys. Yeah, and they have these sort of the Staffordshire Bull Terriers. They have these sort of trophy dogs. These Although, dogs. do you know, Ira was telling us that you don't see so much of that these days, and, and I think she's right. I certainly don't see as no, much of it. I don't know as I, as I used to. They're carrying more knives these days. That's Maybe, the thing. Yeah. That's yeah, just the dog. <laughs> you know, but but yeah, no, you're right, Craig. But mm. I, I mean, funnily enough, I used to see a lot more of that, uh, particularly around sort of parts of South London mm. where, where I occasionally go uh, because I live there. But but I, you don't see it as much as I used to. Well, hopefully, it's been clamped down on yeah. them. But as, as I mean, people need to be more a lot more sensible. We have a rescue dog. Um, we also have a, a, a pedigree dog that we had from a puppy. Um, the dog, the rope that we rescued was, he actually bit a member of staff the day before we went oh, really? up there to, to have a look. Yeah. Ah. And he was just misunderstood. Right. Mm. You know, the dog had not been raised properly, um, is in a bad environment. He was going to be sent to, uh, like a last chance for working dogs. It's mm. a, a spring of collie cross. And if he didn't, you know, if they didn't deem him to make progress, he was going to get put down. Mm. And it was, don't go near children, don't go near other dogs, don't take anything off of him, you know treat him with you know be really careful around him 
And now you you it's a completely different dog. You wouldn't even notice it. He's soft as you like with our one year old. You can take anything from him. He, he's absolutely brilliant. Right. And it's just about getting a dog in a, in a good But that's good ownership, it isn't it? That's what it should be about. It's mm. not the dog's fault. It is the owner. It is. Absolutely right, Craig. Thanks very much. Thank- and he says, we treat these terrorists and despots with Western values of fairness completely to our own detriment. Part of their game plan is to make fools out of us using our own decent, decent values. Ronald Reagan said the next big threat will be the growing liberal values of the future. Well, I'm not sure I agree with all of the uh, the American uh, Americanization of liberals because actually liberals are quite a good thing. Uh, they've been now tainted with it's, all sorts yeah, of uh, no, liberal, liberals now being, an insult. Being liberal is not a bad thing, no. uh, but people ascribe liberal values to people who uh, are actually very, very left wing, which is not the case. Let's no. talk to Paddy, uh, who's in Suffolk. Hello, Paddy. Yeah, good morning, Mike. Hi, good morning. What do you want to tell us, Paddy? Well, this this hour is a bit like your last hour. It's a bit. It's about dangerous dogs. Dangerous dogs. Well, <laughs> I mean, when I did put the tweet out this morning, I said the show was generally about things that were dangerous. We should put a colour coordinated collar yeah, on Jim. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't think we should have to worry about him because this man was interviewed by Elliot Spitzer, a prosecutor, ex Attorney General of New York. Uh-huh ex-governor in New York, and he admitted to Elliot Spitzer that he communicated with terrorists in the U.S. and encouraged them to commit terrorist attacks yeah. on TV. Right. And Elliot Spitzer said to him, right, you've, you've incriminated yourself here. Uh, you, you'll be locked up for the rest of your life. So why can't we... Uh, to send him straight over to the US. Well, I suppose we'd have to ask them to export him first. They'd mm. have to they'd have to do, request that, wouldn't they? I didn't see that interview. You've mentioned no, it before, Paddy. Um, but I'm absolutely willing to have them take him off our hands if it means that I'll lock him up for, for the rest of time. Because, of course, in America, that's what they do. If yes, you get sentenced to life in prison, life, it actually... It's not looking good yeah. for the US because they're insisting we hand over Julian Assange to them. Well, they're not, actually, are they? Well, that's why he won't come out of the embassy. No, that's not true. He's worried that he won't, if if he comes out of the embassy, that that's what we'll do. But nobody in Britain has ever said that he's going to be handed over. One of the reasons he didn't go to to Sweden for trial was because he said he thought that the Swedes would then hand him over to America. It's all his own paranoia. I mean, even the people in the embassy are pretty fed up with Julian Assange. Oh, he's nuts. Hello? Yes. Hello. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's your turn to say something, Paddy. (laughs) (laughs) He talks, you talk, I talk. So, um, um, well, I would say he could be a desperate man. I I would say that uh, if we're not careful, he'll be driving the truck apiece in London. Who? Uh, Not Julian Assange, obviously. Jim Chowdhury. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think Chowdhury has made it very clear, uh, as far as we know from our colleague uh, we were talking to, David Taub there, Director of Policy at Quilliam, that he's not going to revoke his views. He's not going to have a different attitude towards Britain when he's released. So why release him? In my view, you put on a whole lot of very, very stringent conditions on his release. And if he breaks any of them, he's straight back into prison. He doesn't come out. Well, maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's got access to knives... Where are you staying? No, I think he does there. care. No, I think I think all of these guys care. None of them are as hard as they make out to be because they're not the ones blowing each other up. They're the ones telling other people to use knives and guns and bombs because they're actually cowards at the end of the day. Paddy, thanks very much thanks, for your Paddy. call. Uh, Charlie says, the thought that Anjum Chowdhury and his family are likely to be rehoused is abhorrent. He chose his radical career path. He has made his bed and he should lie in it. It is naive to believe that he is ever going to change and we are stuck with this evil individual. Yeah, but he's lying in a bed, paid for by yeah. you, in a safe house, paid 
for by you. I know. It's un- unbelievable. And I just uh, I don't believe there is not some form of different way that we can approach these guys uh, instead of just hoping that they're never going to do it again. Because that, for me, uh, is not the way to safeguard the British public. Some good news for you, Dawn. I've had another uh, email from Vodafone. Oh, it's the router, part yeah. 356. It says, uh, despite the fact that uh, they're not supposed to be now exchanging it, because they've already taken the old one All away, right. uh, it says, remember to have the other item ready for a speedy exchange with our driver. Okay. Speedy exchange. Hmm. That means he's not going to leave it. No, it's not. No. That's no. going to be a big problem. Yeah, there's a book in this, Mike. I, I think there's a bestseller yeah. in Me and My Router. There could Mike. well be. Mm. There could well be. Here's one from <laughs> Andy. It says, My incident with Dangerous Dog happened while I was flying my new cheap radio controlled plane in a large field. I'd only been airborne for a few seconds and my wonderful plane crashed. To add insult to injury, a Jack Russell appeared from nowhere, picked up the wing, and ran off with it. That's quite cute. Jack that Russell's a very cute. intelligent dog, see? They are very intelligent dogs. And that dogs. serves you right for flying a model airplane. It does, actually. At your age. It's not a very good idea, no. is it? Instead of what he could have been doing, is he could have been on a male dating app, uh, pretending to be somebody yeah, he wasn't loving saying, the story. I'm a pilot. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've just got, got a, a remote airplane. control airplane. Let's talk to Joe <laughs> Hemmings, behavioural psychologist, relationship coach, friend of the show. Joe, very good morning to you. Good morning. Hi, Mike. Joe. Now, I, I, have Hi, to, I have to say, Joe, uh, people have been expressing incredulity that anyone would be surprised that men tell lies on a dating app. <laughs> well, these are kind of photographic. Well, they're not even lies. They're just not doing themselves any favours whatsoever. But, yeah, lying is, is another issue altogether. Well, but I suppose. But it's maybe what sort of visual lies, I suppose, by making themselves look very much better than they really are. But the point is they don't make they're, they're bad photos, aren't they? Better. It's like, you know, with yeah, sunglasses on. Or, or taken from a sort of like half a mile away where anyone's gonna look quite good to be honest with you. Possibly and even they all like James Bond on a mountain wearing <laughs> goggles, salopet. Yep, everyone. Uh, but it's things like group shots, okay, what's all that about? So you're three or four guys, yes, it shows you're very sociable and you've got plenty of friends, but inevitably the guy you fancy is not the one whose profile it is. When no. you then scroll on to the yeah. next picture. So <laughs> I, I guess the point the point of men doing it is to make you stop and look, isn't it though? So you're sort of like, you know, you have, you've got thirty seconds to stop and look at somebody and it's yep. like, right, okay, but you're not the one that's actually trying to get a date. Yeah. So that's what I was gonna say. The other one people absolutely hate uh, a mirror selfies. So that's kinda lazy. There mm-hmm. they are, standing there, phone in their hand, almost covering their face, mm-hmm. mirror there. I mean it's sort of like, Oh, I better do a quick pick for my dating profile. You want to find a relationship. It's not the best way to to go about it. Right. I mean, not surprisingly, 92% of women surveyed would move straight on, i.e. not go anywhere near the bloke, if he substituted himself uh, for a car or a pet or a landmark. <laughs> I mean, why would you do that? Why I mean, Because you, I mean, you'd immediately assume this guy's so ugly that he can't... I mean, I say this to people on Twitter. If you're on Twitter and you haven't got a picture yeah, of yourself... Yeah, you haven't got a picture. You know, I'm sorry, what's going on? Yeah, I absolutely don't know. I mean, if you wanted to date a Maserati, and let's face it, some of them are an improvement on some of the guys on there, <laughs> or a poodle, I mean, it's great. But other than that, like, what? why would you do it? I mean, I just felt like it's baffling, and it's so much more commonplace than people think. And the other classic is is the police mug shot. Do you know the what? If you get arrested, you get taken down to the police station, you're probably looking a bit dishevelled. It's the worst picture <laughs> that has ever been taken of you. And that is what they choose, or similar, 
to represent themselves. Yeah, but Joe, it worked for that hot felon who married uh, um, uh, well, Tommy Green, some, didn't well, it? Well, there are some women who like that. Look, he, yeah, there? but he was he was hot. Seriously, was he? Yeah, yeah. I think he could do anything. Yeah. That guy yeah. Well, to be honest, I mean, there are some right. blokes who will look good no matter what they're doing. So, I mean, this is not for them. This is for people this like me, you know, who have the good ordinary... side and the bad side. <laughs> Which is the good side, Mike, exactly. I'm, I'm still working on that. I'm not sure. But what about... Uh, doing themselves no favours. That's what, a, what, what it is. About the ordinary if, guy can improve it. Yeah, he's right. What if you're trying to make a, the best of it and you're trying to take a good picture? What's the, what's the, 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 what's the tip for that? Okay, so again, this um, Hey Saturday research said smiling came top of the list. 67% of people want to see you smiling. They don't want to see you looking angry, fierce, miserable. <laughs> Not a good look. Uh, relax, what if that's your default position? <laughs> well, well, yeah. Grumpy, that's a sexy grumpy. turn on. Mm. Can be. Grumpy, yeah, we are grumpy. Uh, natural relaxed poses, visible face and nice eyes. Were, people were very keen on. I mean, a lot of guys, particularly over the summer months, Particularly this summer, all had sunglasses on, which is great. I, you know, I want to know what brand of sunglasses you're wearing, but I can't actually see what you look like. Mm. So, you know, it's kind of they're just they're either hiding, they're being lazy, they're not thinking about it enough. But but it's that one main photo. All the others you've got doesn't matter so much. Mm. But the one that you see and you have that instant, shall I go left or right thing? Mm. If it doesn't sing very loudly. <laughs> Well, it's a bit like a sort of, I mean, call me old-fashioned and and talking about sort of actual shops as opposed to ones online. But, you know, it's about why you would go into a shop. If it's got a nice window display, you're going to more likely go in than if it hasn't. Yeah, it's exactly the same. It is your calling card. It is your window display. You better decorate it nicely because Mm. otherwise no one's coming in there. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, this is slightly sexy. The same obviously has to apply to women, doesn't it? Is that your phone ringing? I'm sorry. Your phone's ringing. I know. Who's How does ringing that in the middle of a radio it's show? It's I've got a date. It's got a date. <laughs> it's my Tinder app phoning me. <laughs> no, but the same. Sorry about that, folks. But the same obviously does. I, oh, come on. I'm not as professional as you, Mike. But no, the no, same obviously is. applies to women as well. <laughs> and sort of like, you know, the same rules apply when you're posted. Stop laughing at me. It's not sorry, funny. I was just noting that you're going to be on the Perriers this week. Because you know uh, you are. You know you are. Thank you. So, Joe. Any case, back to the serious conversation about how women <laughs> yeah. can put a decent—not with the mobile phone in the hand, obviously. Obviously. Uh, yes. So, how women can um, put the perfect shot of themselves up? What should they aim for? Well, I mean, the kind of rules are roughly the same, really. I mean, women are generally a bit better at it, I think, because women take more selfies and they know how to use filters quite well and subtly. I mean, you see a lot of waxworky men who put their thumbs over the Photoshop filter and actually most of their faces disappeared in the process, not just their lines. See, I don't know uh, anything women, about filters. That's quite, I've that's, never used a filter. That's quite sort of... Quite clearly, quite, neither of us That's quite sneaky. That's quite sneaky, though, isn't it, for women to use a filter? Because that means they're actually telling a pictorial lie, aren't they? Okay, but you can have a nice filter that makes it a slightly different uh, colour. It's got a softer focus. I think, God, that's OK. Obviously, if you're going to completely change yourself yeah. Snapchat-wise... That's wrong. But again, I mean, I suppose my top tip for women is, uh, you know, show a bit of boob or show a bit of leg, but probably not both unless you're after a particular kind of guy. <laughs> um, but a lot but of men are doing that now. They're taking gym time. selfies, oh, yeah. bare-chested okay. in the gym. Yeah, right. Well, I Which suppose... Which, again, if you're like the hot fella, whatever his name is, that kind of isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't got the body parts, don't do it. And A, as a first image, it sort of just says vanity yes. and sex. 
it doesn't say relationship. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of sending out a funny message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite difficult, isn't it? So, I mean, is there still an awful lot of this going on? Because, I mean, both of us, um, obviously, we were having a chat about this earlier, said so we've never actually been on a dating app. I've never no. been on one in my life. Uh, and I, I was right. very, I was intrigued by your tweet that you put out earlier this week where you had this fantastic contraption, which was like an automatic uh, finger that just, that <laughs> just, that that just kind of kept swiping right really? yeah. or left, no. or whichever way it just says no. And it just kept going because, I mean, that's how a lot of people feel, I suppose. It is. I mean, people grab five minutes on a train or when they're not busy. And it's just become part of your routine day, which is very soulless. But nevertheless, you you have to stop in your tracks. Otherwise, that finger picture will just keep on going. It's somebody who stops you and makes you think, yeah, maybe, rather than no, 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 no. Also, it's not a bit sort of addictive. If you do find somebody... Um, do you then sort of have to agree never to go back on the dating app or, or how, how does that work? Well, yeah, a little bit further down the line, the conversation does need to be had. Had. I mean, you can have a few dates and it's okay. You're still kind of open to other dates. But once you've gone into, I suppose, what we'd call a relationship, yeah, you have to have the chat to say, okay, are you coming off Tinder? Yeah, are you coming off Tinder? Because there's nothing worse than one person being left well, exactly. on there. Because then you can always find out yeah. as well, because you can just go on Tinder and check whether they're still on there, surely. Presumably, yeah, and yeah. Uh, a mate of yours finds them and tells you. I mean, it all ends in tears. I, I'm so scared of that. Very I dangerous. It's very oh. dangerous. I mean, it's such a dangerous area for me. I, mean, yeah. I just wouldn't want to get anywhere near it. Really. I get me Tesco online shopping wrong, because I've got no chance Well, I mean, that's there. the other thing. I mean, you do it when, I mean, I, I occasionally have ordered food from uh, various supermarkets when I've had a couple of drinks and the stuff arrives and you go, I never remember ordering that. <laughs> I never ordered and, you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you imagine me on a dating app, it'd be horrendous. You know. Can you imagine? Well, exactly. Too, too many glasses of wine. You order that either, but you know, <laughs> you did once you'd had a few No, beers, that's definitely you know. not for God, me. I don't think you can turn around and say, I'm sorry, I didn't order you, love. Go away. Yeah, sorry, I was under the influence when I uh, <laughs> yeah, swiped the wrong best, way by accident. sober, Mike, if you ever go on one, really. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> probably a good, pretty good lesson for pretty much everything you do, really, isn't it? But thank you, Joe. Joe yeah. Hemmings there Cheers, with uh, Joe, thank uh, you. a very interesting survey uh, from an organisation called Hey Saturday. I want to ride my bicycle. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We've got loads of calls to take. We will take them all. 03444991000 is the number. Uh, of course, we've got lots and lots to talk about uh, coming up in the next hour. We're going to be finding out exactly why breast enhancement surgery adverts uh, during Love Island have now been banned uh, and why you're not allowed to actually do that anymore. Boobies. Which seems a bit ridiculous because what I was going to say about Love Island, isn't Love Island basically one entire advert for plastic, plastic surgery? surgery? Of course, that's the point. At, you look at all the beautiful people Everybody on there. Everybody on there has got boob jobs. You realize, Even the boys. You realise that basically you don't get to look like that. I mean, I suppose I'm maybe doing some people a disservice, but generally speaking, you don't get to look that good. Most of them on there have had a little bit of help. Unless you've had something yeah, done. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but they're and, all gorgeous. Uh, they certainly are yeah. gorgeous to look at. Whether they could actually uh, occupy much of my time, I really don't I know. I think some of them could occupy a few Not minutes of your time, A few minutes, Mike. maybe. Um. A few minutes, but, you know, I think I'd probably soon lose interest. Now, let's talk about something much more important than that, and that is, of course, your Me. column today yes. in the Daily Thank Star. You. Now, you have started to make fun of the royal family. Yawn, it says, this royal excess is duff news. In the past seven days, uh, you've been moaning about loads of people with silver spoons marrying a bloke who's very definition of chinless one. And that's all fair enough. We, we covered yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, wedding yeah, and agreed yeah, that yeah, it was wedding, all a bit Yeah, but then there was the baby. The but the royal baby's a nice story, no, isn't it? No, it's not. It Why can you not feel nice stuff. about it? Well, loads of people do. Well, good luck to them. I don't. And okay. it's my opinion column, so I'm allowed. It's a bit okay. like my independent republic. See? No, I, I get so, all that. I get and, all that. Yeah, and I just think, it's a woman has baby shock. Mm. I don't give her monkeys. Okay. No, especially right. singers. I've got to pay for it. Yeah, okay. Her and Jim Chowdhury. Yeah, well, which one's going to cost you less money? There has to be a limit. Money? Yeah, but at least the, the royal baby's not going to try and blow you up. 
<laughs> we don't you know. It hasn't grown up yet, do it? Pretty sure that's not going to be the case. Now, uh, I was telling you earlier about a boy uh, down in Australia uh, by the name of Charlie Condell. You came yes. a teenager. He's in a record cycling around the world attempt, Yay. right? Uh, and uh, he's on the phone now because somebody's nicked his bike, which is <laughs> an appalling thing to happen. <laughs> Charlie, a very good uh, morning to you where it is here. I think I imagine it's afternoon or evening there, is it? Uh, it is indeed. Uh, Tense tenor. Okay, listen, have you got your bike back yet? Not yet. So, no, Charlie, Charlie, for it. Uh, Charlie, what happened? Why are you cycling it? around the world in the first place? Uh, like, big question. Um, I was going to go for a bit of a gap year, um, and I was going to cycle around Europe. It sort of escalated from that, really. Mm. Um, I saw there was a record out there, and thinking, why not give it a go? Okay. Well, it sounds like a good plan. Um, and how sort of how far have you got? Before, I mean, so before getting to Australia, which way did you go? If you know what I mean. All right, so I uh, came through Europe, uh, basically made a beeline for Istanbul, okay. over the Alps, uh, down that way, yeah. Headed along the Black Sea coast mm. uh, into Georgia. I uh, flew over Iran, Pakistan, into India, uh, and then did some good miles in India, saw some pretty cool stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, then headed into Southeast Asia, Bangkok, down through Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore. Wow. So how long uh, have you been, how long yeah. since you started? Uh, I think it's 105 days now. Oh, wow. So you would have thought going through all those fairly sort of like dangerous places, some would say, you end up in Australia and you would think that's fairly safe and you can relax a bit. I felt, and uh, yeah, it's been quite a, quite a flip, hasn't it? So what actually happened, Charlie? What happened to your bike? Um, so oh God, I was in my hostel. I uh, got in Monday night, Monday afternoon. Uh, got all locked up, went out for went out for the evening, Came back Tuesday morning, quite early. Was ready to get off, uh, head off today, and uh, yeah, found it was gone. So you had chained it up and everything. It was locked up. Yeah, locked up to a fence. First time on the trip, and uh, yeah, it's just salt blood, isn't it? That's where it goes. And is it a road bike, Charlie, or a touring bike, or? See, that's just kind of question uh, yeah, we need bike. you here for. Uh, well, just... What is it? Sorry. <laughs> yes, yeah, a road bike. Like I said, basically a carbon fibre race bike. Kind of thing they use in Tour de France. Wow, that's not going to be comfortable to cycle so that, that's, that far. That's quite on. an expensive sounding bike. Yeah. How much is it worth? Uh, it's about four grand. Four wow. grand? Blimey. That's a nice bike. Yeah. That is a nice bike. So, I mean, there's yeah, not much hope well. of it. I mean, it must be quite an unusual bike in that case. So, whoever tries to flog it, presumably it could be spotted. That's the hope at the moment. Yeah, um, they've, everyone's looking around. Um, I, we don't think it's gone anywhere. Hopefully it's still... I'm in Townsville at the moment. Right. Hopefully it's still around here. Okay. Um, but yeah, I couldn't have afford any of this, but I got a few sponsors at the beginning, so they sorted me out. Right. That was the way it went. So, I mean, yeah. is there any likely sort of nice bike manufacturers in Australia or, or even a decent shop that might furnish you with a new bike so you can continue? Um, I've been looking around today. I had a few offers. There's some very kind people around here. Uh, we never know. Mm. have to uh, look at that tomorrow morning. Obviously, it's getting a bit later now, so everything's yeah. starting to shut down mm-hmm. a bit. Right. Um, and, and how but, far have you got left yeah. to cycle, Charlie? About another 20,000k or so. Wow. So, so what's, what's so the rest of you your go, route? Would you have to go back up to Japan or something? Oh, no, no, no. I'm heading down the east coast, uh, down to Adelaide, through Sydney, Melbourne, all that way. Uh, I'll fly to New Zealand. And then from New Zealand, I'll head over to uh, what's it, West Coast of America, 
uh-huh. down to San Francisco, LA, San Diego, uh, along the south probably, keep it nice and warm because this will probably winter time now. Um, and then back up the east coast, fly from New York to Lisbon, and then uh, yeah, back up the Portuguese right. Spanish coast, uh, another two thousand miles from Lisbon home. Fair way to go still. You've still got, I mean, you're going to mm. be gone for a while, right? Uh, I hope to get back uh, about mid-March. Then. That is a very ambitious cycling plan, I have to say. And you're doing all this solo, Charlie? You don't have a backup support team or anything? No, it's just me and me and my bike. Or oh, it was you and your bike. New bike, hopefully. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And um, what, and what we'll is the actual, what is the actual record that you're hoping to beat? So I'm hoping to become the youngest person in the world to cycle around the world. Okay. Um, wow. The kind of guy, Tom Davis, he's, well, he was 19 when he did it. Right. Uh, I'm hoping to get back before my 19th birthday. And how old are you, Charlie, now? You're just 18. 18. I'm, I'm 18 now, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an incredibly sort of brave thing brave to do. Brave I mean, to do have, on your own. Have you encountered any, apart from obviously this setback, have you encountered any difficult sort of dodgy times? Had a few interesting moments for sure. Uh, getting sort of in closer towards Turkey, far side of Europe, uh, had a few moments. Mm. Uh, the driving certainly deteriorated. Right. And uh, then to India was just amazing. Uh, everything was full on. Yeah. Yeah. The Indian yeah. Indian road yeah. systems are quite interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually surprisingly good quality roads. They're okay. Smooth. I, the last but time I was the, there, which the was quite, on them. quite a few years ago, there was every, every sort of so often you'd come across the wreck of a truck. Which would just be off its axle somehow because the truck's axle. Yeah, just... that's, that's still there. Is that still going <laughs> same on? Same truck. <laughs> yeah, probably the same one. But I mean, it's it's an incredibly brave thing to do. I mean, what? How do you eat? What do you do for food? I mean, have you got money? Um, I'm running out of that very quickly, actually. Yeah, money. Um, at the moment, I'm just eating whenever I can. Uh, I usually have about five meals a day, uh, and it gets quite expensive around, I'll say, around here purely because I can't carry my own food. Yeah. Um, I don't have any space on the bike. I'm going very lightweight with it all. Right. So in Asia, it's pretty cheap. You know, food is food. is food. It's easy. Um, and then Oz, I'm figuring out what else to go. Yeah. So um, you're carrying your entire pack with you as well, Charlie, in a rucksack or something? Um, so I've just got two bags on my bike, oh, one wow. on my handlebars and one just underneath my bum um, on my saddle. Okay. So all that's been stolen as well then, obviously? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the one on my saddle was stolen. I still got one bag. Um, that's that's just awful, like towel, isn't it? Towel, and I mean, and you, a bit of sun cream in. <laughs> I mean, what do you do for money? Because presumably you can't carry much cash around either, can you? Um, I've got my debit card and I've got a Resolute travel card, which has been quite useful. Okay. Um, I put money on that and then that converts it to whatever local currency is, uh, saves some of that conversion rate. And have you got like um, um, a just giving page that people can go and have a look at if they want to try and help you out? I do indeed. Yeah, um, if you search my name, Charlie Condell, okay, uh, it should pop up. Uh, also on my, I'm Round the World Charlie on everything. So if you find me on Facebook, okay, uh, it's all linked on Facebook as well. Round yeah. the World Charlie, brilliant. Well, listen, it's a fantastic thing you're doing. Yeah, I'll take amazing. my hat off to you, Charlie. I hope you get your bike back. But if not. Hopefully somebody will provide you with a yeah, another I'm one sure. I'm so sure that you can will. carry on. And uh, maybe what we should do is keep in touch and maybe talk to you when you're over in South America or something. Love that. Yeah, ideal. That'd be great. Brilliant. Charlie, thank you very much. Good indeed. luck. Charlie Condor. What a fantastic... I See, will. these are the kind I'd of inspiring stories. I would so love to do that. Well, I mean, there are a lot of people that would love you yeah. to do it, including your husband. <laughs> Thanks. So you get off for <laughs> nine months around the world. I love the way the you and him are ganging up on me now. <laughs> 
Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.